this Sunday, today, is the United Catholic Appeal Commitment Sunday. I'm not going to focus my words specifically on UCA, but rather on stewardship in general. We have a new bishop, or a newer bishop, as many of you know. He, he has been here for about two years, Bishop Daniel Felton. And he really wants to change the culture in our diocese. He wants a culture oriented towards mission. He wrote a pastoral letter that was released this past Christmas. I hope you've read it or will get the opportunity to. And one of his themes is going from an attitude of scarcity to an attitude of abundance. He says, for too long we've focused on what we don't have. We've really limited ourselves. Rather, we need to believe that the Lord will continue to provide for us with everything we need to fulfill the mission he has called us to. He wants us to go from an attitude of scarcity to abundance. I believe this is the right attitude. It can be difficult these days, though. There's many doomsday sayers, many people claiming that, for example, we're running out of food and resources, that there's too many people on the earth. But is this the case? Is there a scarcity, or as Bishop is reminding us, is it actually an abundance? In 1968, the biologist Paul Ehrlich published a book titled The Population Bomb. He argued that mankind was facing a demographic catastrophe with the rate of population growth, quickly outstripping growth in the supply of food or resources, he argued. It caused quite the commotion. But this isn't true. We are not running out of food and resources. We can actually measure the amount of abundance the average person has and compare it over time. We call it personal resource abundance. You can determine a person's or the personal resource abundance by looking at how long it takes for someone to work in order to earn enough money to buy a particular commodity or sets of commodities. Consider the past 40 years. On average, commodities that took the average blue-collar worker in 1980, an hour to work to earn enough money for those commodities. In 2018, it took less than 17 minutes to earn the same amount of money to buy the same commodities. For example, if it took you an hour in 1980 to earn enough money to buy two pounds of coffee, it only takes 17 minutes today to work, your average person to work, in order to earn the same amount of money that it would take to buy two pounds of coffee. And in that time, guess how much the world's population has increased? Over three billion people. Abundance is increasing at a higher rate than population is increasing. Wealth is increasing faster than population. Every human being creates more than they consume. Yes, we consume, but we create more than we consume. That's pretty powerful. Why? More people produce more ideas. 
which lead to more inventions. People then test those inventions on the marketplace to separate useless inventions from useful inventions. And at the end of that process of discovery, people are left with innovations that overcome shortages, spur economic growth, and raise standards of living. We today and our kids are told that we're bad for the planet, that we're parasites. This is not the case. You are actually a positive good. People usually do not react positively to pregnant women these days, looking at them as doing something bad to the world. When in reality, your baby will actually make the world better for others. And it's not just a nice platitude. It's not just something nice to say, something superficial. The data actually shows that it really, truly will bring about a net good every child that is born. Abundance is increasing at a higher rate than population is increasing. Now, I believe that most people want to be more generous with their money. I believe that people want to live with an attitude of abundance and an attitude of stewardship. But there can be a few things that keep us from doing so. The first is fear. Fear. Fear because we do not know what the future holds, and so we, we hold on a little tighter to what we have. But we need to be reminded what Jesus said. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek, therefore, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. The Lord doesn't want us to be fearful. He wants us to live with an attitude of abundance rather than scarcity. Trusting that if we are faithful and generous, he will provide for us. The second thing that can keep us from being generous is an unwillingness or an inability to sacrifice. I don't want to sacrifice the pleasure or the comfort or the things that I have. I want to have these things, do these things, and then afterwards I'll give some of what I have left over. But all the saints truly believed in their heart that whatever good they did sacrifice, it would be rewarded in the life to come. That was the case with the rich man and Lazarus. Remember, rich man and Lazarus, the Lazarus is poor, he's destitute, he's basically at the doorstep of the rich man. Every day the Lazarus, or the rich man would basically walk over Lazarus, just ignoring him. And at the end of the story, they both die. Lazarus is in heaven with Abraham, while the rich man is in hell. And obviously the rich man doesn't like that he's there, and he says to Abraham, Abraham, you know, help me, I don't want to be down here. And what Abraham says is very telling. He says, You, rich man, received good things while on earth, while Lazarus received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. It's not saying that it isn't good to have good things here on earth, but it seems to indicate that there is some inverse relationship between what we receive here on earth and what we will receive in heaven. 
that if we sacrifice good here on earth, we can receive more good in heaven. I truly believe that it's worth sacrificing good here on earth, that it will be rewarded in heaven. The third thing that keeps us maybe from living as generously as we want is just kind of a lack of organization and budgeting when it comes to our finances. Maybe we have debt, maybe we don't really know what we're spending our money on, we don't have a budget. So in this case, we just need to be more intentional and organized. We need to budget and stick to it. Well, we have something here at this parish to help you with that. It's called Wallet Win. Wallet Win. You've probably seen the big posters around here. It's in our bulletin. It's been in my emails. It's a Catholic budgeting course and much more. Not only can it help you get your finances in order, it can answer particular money questions. It even has some ideas how you can make some money on the side. Wallet Win. Again, you can find it in the bulletin or website or my weekly email. It's free to you to use. So you notice, if you had your bulletin, that we put a spreadsheet in there today. On one side, it has annual income, and it has 1%, 2%, and 3% of annual income, and on the other side, 4%, 5%, and 6%. So I'd like you to do two things today and this week. Try to figure out what percentage you have been giving. And then pick a percentage to give for the year. 1% to UCA, 6% to the parish, and 3% to other good charities is a goal that we should shoot for. And you may not be able to do that immediately, but maybe decide 4% to the parish this year. After last night's Mass, a man came up to me and he said, You know what, Father, this spreadsheet is really helpful when you look at it. And especially when you look, break it down by month or week, it's really kind of doable. And so, my friends, we just have to decide to do it and then budget the rest of our money accordingly. It's similar to praying. People say, oh, I have, don't have enough time. Um, I'm too busy to pray. Well, if you make it a priority, make that 15 minutes in the morning prayer, and then you can order everything outside of it. Or, I'm too busy to spend an hour in the chapel. Well, make it a priority, schedule it, and then work the rest of your responsibilities and duties around it. The same thing goes with stewardship. Stewardship, it recognizes that everything I have comes from God, that it isn't ultimately absolutely mine. I'm a steward of what he gave me, and I'm supposed to use it for building up his kingdom. The main way that I recognize that I am a steward is to give God my first fruits, to give him and his church a percentage off the top. And when I do that, I'm acknowledging that God is the giver of all that is good. It is such a beautiful act of faith and trust in God to give God the first fruits. You'll notice here at Queen of Peace, we don't nickel and dime you. We don't charge you for sacramental prep or discipleship groups or every small event. Even the parish theology of the body thing next week, there is no charge. Why? Because we're not a business and you are not consumers. Rather, we're a family. We just expect everyone to generously tithe and then we're able to provide ministries for our entire parish family. I'm also looking for one couple or individual 
They would be willing to share their story of stewardship with the rest of the parish. There are people here who have just decided that they're going to tithe right away. And they believe that God will provide and things will work out. So if you've done this, reach out to me. Your story can inspire and help others to believe that they can do it as well. My friends, we have an extraordinary and great, exciting mission here at Queen of Peace. And with that mission, God does give us, he will provide us with the means to fulfill that mission. He provides through your generous stewardship, your investment in our parish. With a trust in God's goodness, with an attitude of abundance, we can do great things, the great things the Lord is calling us to. Just watch what the Lord will do through you and through us at our parish.